Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. They said to Jesus, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom God has sent. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. There was a name given to people in 19th century China who came to church because they were hungry for material food. They were converted baptized, they joined the church, and they remained very active members as long as their physical needs were being met through the generosity of the congregation. But once their prospects improved and their families no longer needed rice, they left the church. Hence, the missionaries called them rice Christians, and to this day, this stereotypical term is used to describe anyone who has formally converted to Christianity to achieve material gain and not from a conviction that the living God has a claim upon their life. Now, certainly, it is very understandable for a person to do what he or she must to feed their family. But at the same time, It is our motive for seeking God or our motive for attending church that Jesus seeks to address in today's gospel. I mean, right, the people are looking for Jesus for only one reason, and that's because he can meet their material needs. After all, he has just taken five loaves and two fish and used that to feed 5,000 people, and now The people want more, more bread, more food, more security, and they want to use Jesus to get those needs met. Now, thank God that we are not in a position of having to worry about where our next meal will come from. But as I prayed through today's gospel, I did feel a little convicted because From time to time, I think we all try to use Jesus or to use the church as a way of getting our personal needs and desires met. And by the way, it's the most natural thing in the world to have preferences, expectations, things that we like and things that we don't like. And it's very natural to want to know what the church can offer us. It can be a certain style of worship or activities for families and youth or to be part of a church that advocates for certain political ideals. In other words, we all have tastes, we have preferences, and it is always true that some things suit us and that some things do not. And again, to be very clear, this is not inherently wrong. There should be some alignment between what we're looking for in a church and what we receive from that church. 
But if we're not careful, it's easy to forget that the whole purpose of the church is to form disciples. That is, people who understand that the living God has a claim upon their life, meaning that the moment we start to use God or use the church to meet our needs or suit our preferences, that in that very moment, something very essential is lost. There's an old joke about a four-year-old boy who was attending church for the very first time with his dad. And, you know, this boy watched with great curiosity as the ushers passed around the offering plates. And whenever they came near his pew, the dad put in two bills and whispered in the boy's ear, one's for me, son, and the other's for you. But then the boy blurted out, don't pay for me, Daddy. Don't you know that kids five and under get in free? So to bring it back to today's gospel, what we're asked to question here are not the choices we make, but what our choices are in service to. And I'm going to say that again. What matters the most is not the choice we make, but what our choice is in service to. And my hope, is that your choice to commit to this church and that your choice to commit your life to God, that what that choice is ultimately in service to is a deep desire of your soul to be fed by the only bread that can sustain you for all eternity and that your deepest desire behind all the preferences is to receive that bread anew every single day of your life. And if today's gospel tells us anything, it's that this bread is not something the Lord gives, but the Lord himself given to us in all of our silliness and wandering, in all of our misplaced desire, in our confusion and imperfection, the bread of life came down from heaven to feed us for all eternity. And today, we are reminded that we feed on this bread by faith. Because when asked, what must we do to perform the works of God, what did Jesus say? He said, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one whom God has sent. This is the work of God that you believe. And I would say that so much of faith is a willingness to believe that God will supply the bread we need when we need it. That if we need peace, that God will give us peace. But that if what we need is to feel the anxiety or the grief or the confusion that inevitably come with the human experience that God's love may leave us there for a season and use that difficulty to forge in us something new. Because, friends, the point of faith is not to feel good all the time. The point of faith is to be fed by God all the time and to be fed not with what we want, not with what we always desire, but to receive from the Lord's hand what we need. 
and to know that regardless of what we feel on any given day, that Jesus is present with us in our circumstances, asking us to trust, to believe in his love. In fact, Thomas Merton talks a lot about this in his wonderful book, New Seeds of Contemplation. And in that book, he writes this, and I quote, The basic Christian commandment is not to love, but what must necessarily come before it in order to make the commandment bearable and comprehensible. It is a prior commandment to believe. The root of Christian love, he says, is not the will to love, but the faith that one is loved. The faith that one is loved by God. The faith that one is loved by God, although unworthy, or rather irrespective of one's worth. And so that's the most important thing to say about the bread that we are offered in today's gospel. It is received by faith, and it tastes like love, like mercy, and like forgiveness. The most powerful illustration I can think of to demonstrate just how radical this love is that we are asked to believe in comes from Victor Hugo's Le Mis, where Jean Valjean, after being freed from 19 years of hard labor for stealing a loaf of bread to feed his sister's child, he's taken in by a local bishop. He's offered a bed to sleep in and also a warm meal, but he abuses the priest's kindness and he runs off with his good silverware. The police catch Valjean and they bring him back to the bishop's house so that they can confirm that he is a thief and throw him back into prison. And whenever they do so, there's this great scene where the bishop is visibly angry and he tells Valjean that he made a mistake. But then in a beautiful twist, the bishop says, I am angry, Valjean, because I told you to take the silver candlesticks as well. You forgot my most valuable possession. And the bishop then hands the candlesticks to Valjean and assures the police that the silver that was stolen was in fact really a gift. All that to say, it is not God's law that changes our life. It is God's mercy that changes our life. And behind all the tastes and all the preferences and all the expectations we bring to our experience of church or to our expectation of who Jesus is, there lies a universal hunger for the mercy of God, for the grace of God, and for the love of God. And at the end of the day, this is the only bread that the human soul really wants. And again, this bread is not a teaching or a commandment. It's not seven easy steps or an eightfold path, but rather a person. It is a person who came down from heaven, was born of a virgin, died on a cross, and was raised on the third day. To be true bread for the human soul, 
And Jesus has promised to feed us with his own life for all of eternity. And as Jesus tells us today, our primary work, our very first task as the people of God is to believe. To believe that God is for us, to believe that we have eternal life, and to believe that God alone can satisfy our soul. And so, Lord, we pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And we thank you, Lord, that this is not bread that we need to steal, but that you have graciously given it to us as a gift. And so, in faith, God, we say thank you, knowing that we have this bread for all eternity, and that in your Son, Jesus Christ, you have given us your most valuable possession. Amen.